All it takes is a click to listen to RTI online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at english.rti.org.tw. This is Radio Taiwan International. I'm Leslie Liao, and thanks for joining us. Up next this hour, we have Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. But first, we're going to have some here in Taiwan. Here in Taiwan, today is Monday, December 9th, and joining me in the studio is Mr. John Van Trieste. Hi there. And Miss Shirley Lin. Hello. Today on Here in Taiwan, we're going to be talking about Taiwan's first snow of 2019. Will it be the last? Well, we'll talk about that. And there's been a new fish species that's been named after Taiwan. Hopefully that'll bring some attention to our quaint little island. And the fast food wars are escalating. I'll be telling you that a little bit. And on a more wintry note, Taiwan is home to a large population of depressed students. What's up with that? Well, stick around and find out. All right, guys, let's talk about this first snow. It's been quite cold lately. What's well, up? A quick correction, first of all. It is not, in fact, the first snow of 2019. Uh, there have been three other instances of snow so far this year. It's the first snow of this winter, though. The last time oh. we had snow was at, in okay. March. Um, snow fell December 6th on Shan, which is Taiwan's sort of second highest peak. And... Um, uh, it was like a perfect storm, although it didn't really fall that much. Snow rarely gets very heavy here, and it's mostly confined to the high mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did have that sort of wintry northeast monsoon combined with a southern cloud system, and they seemed to have sort of mixed together in a clash. And the result was cold and rainy weather all over Taiwan uh, from Thursday into Friday. And uh, it wasn't exactly a surprise. Forecasters had predicted that there would be a high chance of snow in mountains at least 3,000 meters above sea level. Uh, Shueshan fits the bill. It's a 3,886 meters above sea level, to be precise. And uh, so, yeah, uh, temperatures fell around to around eight degrees at a lodge on the mountain uh, very early on Friday. And by 9 a.m., the mercury had dropped to just below zero. So it fell quite a ways in a short period of time. Yeah. Mountaineers reported seeing snow and uh, they took pictures to prove it. Uh, and they actually have some videos as well. Uh it's not really often you think of Taiwan in wintry scenes, but uh, it is quite nice to look at these pictures. Uh, they show picnic benches and staircases covered in a little dusting of snow. My favorite one shows a Reeves muntjac, which is a creature we have here in Taiwan that looks a little bit like a deer. Mm. Uh, they're native to our mountains, and uh, it's kind of shivering. It looks a bit cold Aww. in the snow, um, but it's very like our version of reindeer, I guess. Although I don't think they have horns. They're like big antlers, I guess. I'm not sure what a muntjac was when I first came, but they are these kind of like almost small deer. They're very... They're diminutive deer. They're mini deer. Um, They don't have like elaborate big antlers, though. Uh, But anyway, that's as close as we're going to get, so we won't complain. Uh, This is in Shribai National Park, and the management office there says that, uh, yeah, this is, like I said, the fourth snowfall we've had this year. Although they're noting that this year so far, we've had, like I said, we've had four snowfalls. There's been less than in previous years. I'm not sure whether that's less precipitation or, fingers crossed, not climate change. Maybe. Um, They are advising that anyone who's crazy and would like to climb the mountain, uh, please be careful. Or I would say don't do that at all. In the snow. But... um, Anyway, apparently they haven't closed the trails or... 
for whatever reason. Uh, so they're saying be careful of sudden changes in the weather and prepare safety equipment in case you need to uh, descend the mountain for some reason, like you're stuck in snow. Uh, fortunately, like I said, it's just a dusting. Mm. Uh, but visibility seems to have been poor, so we don't really recommend heading out there. I think you need permission anyway, so they're not going to let inexperienced climbers up <laughs> wandering through. skiing, does it? We don't no. have enough snow for that. Yeah. I was thinking you can only ski, like, what, maybe 10, 10 meters, and then the snow would just dissipate? I just, I think that we don't even have enough of a accumulation for that, so... How yeah. about a snowman? There <laughs> was a picture with a snowman in it. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, and it was, again, a very tiny snowman. I think it was less than a foot high. That's about right. as much snow as there was around. Right. Um, I'm sure it took a lot of work just to get that much from the little dusting they got. But they put a, they made a little leaf hat. It was kind of cute. Aww. Aww. That's adorable. So... It, yeah, it is quite mountains. fitting. Um, Shiasan does mean snow mountain, literally in Chinese, right? Yeah, yes. um, but I, like I said, it gets some snow. Yeah, uh, not it's not snowy per se. Although but it is the second highest peak. I think so. Taiwan. Yeah. What about the first highest peak? You saw nothing there. They haven't said anything. Well, Maybe that hmm. mix of systems didn't hit them quite as hard. The spirit of winter has not yet hit the highest peak hmm. in Taiwan. All right, Shirley, now tell us about this fish species that's been newly discovered. What's going on here? Ooh, that's a creepy-looking fish. Uh, yes, you know, I have to say, this fish is looking really horrendous. Did they have to name that after us? <laughs> is that, it almost looks translucent from here. Huh? I know, is, doesn't it? It's I don't got know some nasty-looking uh, jaws. photography effect or whatever, but, um, yeah, it looks vicious. Look at those I, teeth. I know that, yeah, those really sharp teeth. You guys ever and seen so Finding bony. Nemo? <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, um, basically the December fourth issue of the taxonomy taxon wait taxonomic Taxon- taxonomy journal Not about taxes <laughs> or taxes. No, yeah, I know. I used to think it had to do with taxes. Zoo taxa. That's the name of the journal. Zoo taxa, and it features this uh, two actually uh, two newly discovered anglerfish bearing the species name Formosa, which is the other name for Taiwan. Are they found uh, around Taiwan us, or just named for us? Yeah. Um, no, um, it was actually discovered by. Uh, hold on. Uh, discovered by um, the National Museum of Marine Biology and Aquarium Associate Researcher He He Xuanqing, along with a team of scientists from Japan, Australia, and Thailand. Where? Not near Taiwan? You know, I'm not sure because he said later on that he would like to pay tribute to his hometown if he makes any future discoveries in Jai's coastal waters. So he's an author of Jai then? Yeah. I'm, so they're near Taiwan. Yeah. So there's a reason why we're calling it Formosa, I was going to say, I know that they name elements after places, but when they have an animal with a place name, it's usually because that's where the animal is found. found. Is there such right. a thing as Formosium? Now that you got me thinking, John. I don't think so. <laughs> Formosium. Anyway. That can this, be your project. I hope so. I'm not a scientist, but we'll see. Okay. Anyway, this anglerfish is among a total of 18 species, and but... Uh, you have to realize that uh, Mr. He, did I say He? No, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mr. He, he's the director of the Taiwan, uh, like I said, Taiwan Marine Biodiversity Research Plan and has discovered and described nearly one-tenth of the 300-plus known species of anglerfish around the world. Wow. 
That's so a lot of anglerfish. that is a lot. Did you ever? I mean, I never thought that there's so many species of this ugly fish. But anyway, um, so the anglerfish, it's a diverse biological order found in oceans worldwide, and it's notable for predation techniques that involves the fish using a flashy growth on its head. Yeah, this one to doesn't have a, a visible angle, though. It doesn't have a visible. Lure. It, I can't see it in the picture I, anyway. I, 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 I can't either. Maybe it didn't show up. Uh, unless it's like sort of like semi. You know, oh, there is a little. It's tiny. Is that it? it? Isn't it? Unless it I mean, that's like the a little, eye, right? Okay. Yeah, that's the eye. It's yeah. a deep sea fish, huh? Yeah. That we can't find it. Um, maybe <laughs> the, they didn't really label didn't, it for us, though. I didn't so. think that the water around a coast are that deep. But in anyway. Taiwan, off the coast of Jai, I don't think I don't think the Taiwan Strait gets that deep. The other side of the I, island, for sure, where we drop off into the Pacific. But. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think yeah. so. Huh. Anyway, anyway, Mr. He said that given Taiwan's lack of recognition in UN-affiliated research institutions, <laughs> he chose the name Formosa to let the international community see the contributions of the Taiwanese people. I'm sure so, his colleagues um, all know about us now. <laughs> right. And he appreciated the double meaning of the word, which means beautiful in Portuguese. Mm. So, I, yeah, not exactly not a, a beautiful fish. But. I wouldn't use that adjective to describe <laughs> that fish. Yeah. But, um, so, I suppose when you devote your life to researching them, they become beautiful. What could yeah, we name right. something after you guys? Like us as media people, people in the media? We don't, I think it's mostly scientific people who a get new to name journalism channels. technique? I don't know. Uh, well,. You know, I I do like I do love Taiwan and where I'm from, and any chance to get recognition, you know, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. Why not? Yes. All right, guys. So I'm not sure about you guys, but are you guys fans of fast food at all? No, no, truly not lately. I go there mostly to use the bathroom. I'm trying to stay away. <laughs> that, you know what, John? I that's think what that's, I, I go in there and use their bathrooms. That's this, something we in have in common. Emergency situations, yeah. Um, because you know they're, they're usually busy serving the customers, so they don't really see you slip inside. Yeah, yeah, use yeah. The bathroom. I like, don't always feel great about it, but sometimes you just you know. At convenience stores, they really acknowledge your presence. At so. convenience stores, they they often lock their bathrooms so that yeah. people can't do that. That's right. Really? A lot of the ones near where I am are no longer open. They're only employees only now. Mm. Oh, I, I, I've been reali- I've been recognizing that trend too. Like because I don't want to clean them up. Mm. Oh, as a man who drinks a lot of water, I have this mental map of all the public. You're well hydrated well, person. Well hydrated. As a fellow well hydrated <laughs> person, I understand what you're saying. And uh, you know, the, you need to have a mental map of uh, public bathrooms wherever you go. And then more and more, I find that. Some of the places that I frequent. This conversation went turned into bathrooms. I'm sorry <laughs> okay. about that. We're sorry. It's just I, I I related to John really quickly, and it's not often I get to do that. Anyway, this the original topic was about fast food. Anyway, there's four chains that really reign supreme in Taiwan, and three of which are from the U.S. McDonald's, KFC. Tokyo-based Moss Burger, and if you don't know what Moss Burger is, they do... It's not related to Moss, don't worry. It's not, I think not it like stands for, like, Moss. Mountain, Ocean... Sea? What, what was the S for? Sky? I can't remember. One of those things. Oh, it's, an, it's an acronym. I didn't know that. Well, it took me a while to know. figure that out. Um, and but. number four is Burger King, and Burger King has been struggling lately. Like, McDonald's you see everywhere in the city. Like, they have huge golden arches. You can see them miles away. KFC has been struggling a little bit. Moss Burger, there seems to be one... On almost every corner. That's the one I often go to the bathroom in. I'm sorry, Mossberger. <laughs> that's just a that's just a matter of numbers and probability. That just no, there happens to be one near me. That's why. <laughs> anyway, number four is Burger King, and they're looking to stage a comeback. 
they closed 20 stores between 20, 2012 and 2015. Really? Because they opened one near me. Did they really? That one, I don't know if they have a bathroom or not. <laughs> well, yeah, they opened one I'll have to report back to you on that one. Well, maybe you should go find out. Because they've been in Taiwan for 29 years, but they've been struggling over the past few uh, few years. However, uh, they are staging a comeback in late 2017. Uh, they changed their management they changed their management team, and uh, there were 22 Burger Kings left. I guess 24 now, since one opened near John and one opened near Shirley. Mm-hmm. And uh, they cautiously, cautiously expanded their physical store. So that must mean you guys live in pretty good locations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, in my location, yes. We have, okay. We have a lot of those places that can't get permanent tenants so they just have those like temporary everything must go closing out sale type of there's things there's a bunch of those where, huh? like they sell cables for your phone or pottery is one that they've had lately how like, about glassware have you seen yeah, those? yeah I've seen those so and um, they've also expanded by working with a lot of food delivery programs Burger King has partnered with Food Panda Uber oh, Eats Deliveroo smart and uh, they're also trying, changing the recipe and menu by adding more fresh vegetables and natural ingredients to their burger products but here's the big kicker. They're so confident in their new Italian grilled vegetable and chicken burger, which also comes in pork. And they're so confident that if you purchase a meal from any of their competitors, KFC, McDonald's, Moss, and you go to their Burger King with the, the receipt from any of those three stores, you show it to them and they'll give you a free burger for a receipt from that the sounds, other wow. from that their sounds, competitors that, that doesn't sound like a sound plan that doesn't sound like a sound you can plan have, then you can have two meals for the price of one yeah, yeah. And people will do that and then the they lose one. out on uh, well there's a total of 10,000 free burgers that are up for grabs until oh, December there's a limit. 10th okay. there's a oh, limit okay I was going to say that's uh, giving away free burgers for shopping at your competitor that's bold you would think that instead of outright buying from Burger King you can be like well I can get a free one from Burger King if I just go to McDonald's so. but we know we have other I wouldn't call them fast food but like other chains that are notable here too like, yeah we haven't mentioned the pizza competi- competition Oh, the pizza competition. Well, they had the boba show down last month, right? Okay. Pizza Hut and uh, Domino's, they both came out with a, a boba pizza. Trying mm-hmm. to out-Taiwan each other. Yeah, so that's the most Taiwanese thing. Anyway, you can use this at you can use this promotion at any of the Burger King stores in Taiwan except at the airport and <laughs> Chai, Taipei Children's Amusement Park. I don't know if you guys frequent that location. They have yeah. one there? I think so. I don't even know. They, they move locations and I don't know where they are anymore. Yeah, it looks like they're a little bit all over the place. But um, as far as marketing strategies go, this is among the more interesting ones. I have to say, when it comes to fast food, the only thing that I really, I really enjoy is actually a Taiwanese branch, which we do not have here in Taipei. It's Dan Dan Hanbao. I love that place. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that is... Down uh, south. Yes, that I've is a southern Taiwanese that. branch of fast food. Their fried chicken is so crispy. They make their food in a Taiwanese way with lots mm. of things like corn chowder and things that you don't normally associate with fast food. It's Did, so interesting. Don't they have like oyster noodles down yes. there also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating how it's, they made put a very Asian twist on Western style fast surely food. Surely have you ever been? No. If you're down south and you see a, a fast food restaurant with a giant pelican, that's okay. where you know. Yeah. All right. Tell you now. That's the one that they should we should have up here. Fast food wars heating mm. up in Taiwan. All right, 
John, let's talk about students and the chilly weather and how they're depressed in Taiwan. What's going on? Well, I don't know if the chilly weather has anything to do with it. It probably can't help. Mm. But uh, this organization that works, I think, mostly with kids, it's called the John Tong Foundation. Um, they have found that about one-eighth of our middle and high school students and vocational school students around the Taipei area show signs of a, quote, clearly depressed mood and are in need of professional help. Oh, wow. That's now, this serious. Yeah, well, I don't know uh, globally how that compares. That may be the same in most, most of the developed world for all I know. Mm. But it does seem like a pretty large number. One-eighth, um, right? That's 12.5%. <laughs> and like I said, the weather probably doesn't have anything to do with it because they took this survey in June. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're looking at sort of students' mental health and maybe some causes and also a way to sort of screen. So it's not all bad news. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they've, so it's about a little over 2,000 responses. And they found that even those who weren't depressed are having some problems, as most of us do in life. Being human can't, isn't always easy. They found that about 70% were obviously stressed by academics. We mm-hmm. have some exacting uh, tests and things here, Indeed. exams. Uh, 44% are worried about the future just in general. They feel that the future is uncertain. Uh, we're in an election year. I can feel that in the air. Um, and there was also 33% who said interpersonal relations were a problem. Uh, and uh, it, it seems like, you know, we have a lot of anxiety and worry and maybe depression as well, it looks like. But people aren't necessarily, these students anyway, aren't necessarily very keen on getting help or looking for help. Only about 19% said that they would actively seek help when they feel down. And it, mo- the, the people that they trust the most are their peers, their classmates. About half of them said that that's who, who would, they would turn to first. When it comes to family members, that drops off a lot. Wow. Um, there was about 20% who said they'd go to their mothers. Less than 10, a little under 10% said they'd go to a sibling. And only about 5 to 6% said they would go to their father. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um. So, in addition to feelings of stress and worrying about the future and so forth, uh, a further 14-ish percent said that they often feel lonely. And uh, the results showed that uh, it's not it's sort of like Hello Captain Obvious, but the lonelier people feel, the more likely they are to be depressed. They found a very clear mm-hmm. correlation between those two things. Uh, one thing that may, I don't know if it makes you depressed or is a result or how they're linked exactly, but there was an interesting coincidence. About 48% of the people who they said are clearly depressed, according to the results of clearly their answers depressed. to these questions, were found to be using the internet, on the internet, for six hours or more per day during weekdays. Wow. That's a long So time. I don't know if one causes the other. Uh, but there seem to be maybe if you feel like you don't have anywhere to turn, the internet is your friend. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so they've developed an app, this foundation, and uh, they've used it to identify signs of a depressed mood in respondents. And it also offers tools to help, especially mm. with stress. Um, so they they have some recommendations in addition to this app. They don't name the app actually because I would like to look into that. Okay. Uh, it sounds interesting what they're doing to you know how do they what what, what were the questions they asked? It doesn't really say. Um, they recommend keeping a mood diary that records stressful events and how you handled them. And they feel like doing that regularly can help you stay out of you know uh, long term negative emotions when you encounter similar problems in the future. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm always one to say just if you're feeling down, always turn towards someone. Help is always around the corner. And, um, you know, things are things will always look better. Oh, this app's been around for a while, seven years. Oh, wow. Okay. I wish they'd give the name in this article. Well, I, I best have to look into it a bit more. Out. 
All right, that's about all the time we have for here in Taiwan this week. Like I said, up next is Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. For here in Taiwan, I've been Leslie Liao. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Don't go away, you guys. Stick around. The ancient Jordanian city of Petra is easily one of the most stunning archaeological sites in the whole world. Back in the 6th century BC, the Nabataeans made it their capital city. They carved tomb after magnificent tomb in the rose-colored cliffs. So magnificent is the site that it became the backdrop for numerous films, including Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I bring you on a sound journey to the ancient city of Petra. Before we make it to Petra, I want to share with you a song I recorded in the Jordanian city of Jerash. There, in the ruins of an old Greco-Roman theater, we were greeted by a band of Jordanian men decked out in long Arab tunics and the red and white checkered headgear that is commonly worn in Jordan. And their instruments? Well, they should sound familiar, but if you're like me, you probably had no idea that those instruments originated in the Middle East. Have a listen. That's right, they're bagpipes. I always thought it was a Scottish thing, but today they're still played all over the Middle East. Now on to Petra. The journey into this ancient city begins along the Sikh, a cavernous trail that was a sacred path between life and death. The Nabataeans were big traders who came with treasures from Oman and Yemen. They would go on to create a huge empire and trade tar from the Dead Sea with the Egyptians, who used it for mummification. The Nabataeans later vacated the city. They moved their capital to Syria. And then the Romans came to Petra, and then the Muslims, and then the Crusaders, and then the Muslims came again, and then the Ayubites, and then the Mamluks, and then from 1300 to 1800, it was only known by the Bedouins, who would not allow people to come because they thought there was buried treasure there. Today, the real treasure is the beautiful caverns and the tombs and other buildings cut into the colorful sandstone cliffs. As we approach a particularly dark and narrow passage, our guide warns us to stand off to one side to make way for the horse carts that come through at breakneck speed. But once they pass, he tells us to take three steps forward and turn to the right. And there before us, visible through a crack in the cavern, is the treasury, the iconic building that was used in the Indiana Jones movie. In Arabic, it's known as Al-Khazne, and it's the crowning glory of the site that UNESCO has described as one of the most precious cultural properties of man's cultural heritage. Later on, after lunch, we're each led to a camel, or a desert taxi as their Bedouin masters call them, It's a heart-lurching tilt forward and backward as the camel stands up and sits back down for mount and dismount. 
The ride itself, though, even though it's pretty high up, it's a lot smoother than I thought it would be. There's a little post on the saddle that I hold on to so I don't fall off while I'm recording a video. Alright, this is a view from a camel. That's my camel there. That's somebody else's camel. And, uh, this is me. Hi. Hi, Mom. Hi. Hope I'm getting that in there. Alright, there we go. Several more shaky videos and at least three dozen lopsided photos later, we arrive at our destination. At nightfall, we board a bus and head to a banquet at a place called Little Petra. Tents have been set up in the black ink darkness of night, facing a brilliantly lit building carved into the sandstone cliff. Tables are filled with plate after plate of traditional Jordanian food, and as the evening draws to a close, a group of men with curved swords guides us in rousing song and dance, an exhilarating way to cap off our journey to Petra. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. Welcome to Chukwas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, Radio Taiwan International. Some time ago, I went on my second trip with some elderly members of the church that I go to. This time was a two-day, one-night thing at the Sun Moon Lake. Yes, the Sun Moon Lake. I had to go. Um, we went on a Friday and Saturday. It was just a great respite from city life and work. You know, I don't take vacation very much from work, so this was just great. This song is by Yili Gaolu, an Aboriginal singer from... Hualien, actually from the Amis tribe. And so this song is called Rest.
总是这样的一个天气，带来一种无奈的情绪，有时疲倦的不想出去，什么快乐不快乐没那个心情，这不是一场梦，一出电影，追逐生活西风虚幻的光影。该有的勇气都已经麻痹，海风轻轻吹，温柔的声音，海风轻。Isn't it just beautiful? It's like a song that you want to listen to when you're sitting in a coffee shop and having a cup of coffee and overlooking the lake or something. Very nice.、Um, I might have said before that、um, I'm not good with、um, elderly people. Well, anyway, one time our church held a board game for the same senior members, and I had never played a game before, right? So I got really excited when I won a couple of times. Then someone who brought her mom to the event came up to me and whispered in my ears and said, "You know, I should show more mercy." And I've remembered that to this day. You know, so I still don't think I'm really all that great with seniors. I don't know how to talk to them, especially like having deep talks. But then on a trip like this, you don't have to go deep, right? Yeah.、Um, so the last two times have been fun, not only for myself but interacting with older people. I mean that one day trip that I went to some time ago, and this recent, you know, two day one night thing. Anyway, both times my in laws were there.、Um, it's not so much interacting with them, but with the others, and like you know, serving them food. Because、uh, when you go to these restaurants、um, during the trip, they were all Tommy's ways of、um, round table. Okay, and usually sit like ten people, and then there would be a lazy Susan right in the middle. So you try to serve, you know, the the person next to you or whatever will serve them, you know,、um, the food, rice, soup that goes around,、um, and then also you know like helping them take pictures for them, chatting with them. It's always good to chat with them about health issues and about you know healthy eating habits. That's always fun. So we took a tour bus. There were thirty-four of us.、Um, we had to make bathroom stops like every hour on on the way, which was fine. And they just loved to sing on the bus. 
you know, we've got this karaoke system machine. And, um, you know, you, you should see that. Some of them even prepared a list of songs that they're going to sing. And so, you know, you just know who loves to sing, the ones that prepare a list. Other thing is um, napping. You've got to have napping times, you know, on the bus. You can't just uh, talk, talk, talk the whole time. I mean, we had a couple of tour guides, and they would just make conversation or play some games with them. Um, so it's always good that there are some napping time, which is great for me because sometimes the singing can be really loud. The talking can be really loud because the mics are loud. And then you've got to have snacking time, okay? There's got to be food on the bus where the food gets passed around and go around. And so it's, it's really a great trip going with the elderly people, to be honest. So I had a really good time. It's a, just a great time getting away from the city, uh, the humdrum of the city, getting away from the busy buzz of the city, and getting away from work. So I had a great time. Here's another song called Xiuxi, Rest by He Luntong.
First of all, I have to say the food was all good. The lunches and the dinners that we had, and for some reason, um, there were repeated dishes at each of these meals, which was fine. Like the braised pork hock, and then braised dried bamboo shoots. You know, I, I love bamboo shoots. And there was one more dish that was a repeat at every meal, but it's all fine. Really good food. Nothing to complain about. We visited quite a few places. Uh, of course, we took a boat ride around the lake. Um, the most memorable part, though, is visiting the paper dome, which actually is a church building made of big, wide paper tubes. That's why it was called a paper dome. Uh, it was a temporary church structure uh, for a church in Japan after they had a major earthquake back in 1995. And then they donated to Taiwan when we had our major earthquake in 1999. So it's an ellipse-shaped built uh, building um, built from 58 wide cardboard tubes that are like brown-colored you know, cardboard tubes. And uh, but the outside, um, some panels um, that look more like wax paper or something. Um, to 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 build the, the the church building with was uh, nice and white colored panels and panels of it. Um, it would have been great going there at night because then they turned the light on on the inside and it just looked beautiful from the outside. But still, nevertheless, it was a, a very nice visit. And uh, the top uh, of the building itself has like the top part of a teepee, so you can imagine what it looks like looking up from the inside. And um, I I thought I took some really good pictures from different angles, and uh, just a very nice place to stay for a while and and taking pictures and uh, the the building overlooked like a pond, so it's kind of beautiful trying to picture you know um, you know standing on the other side of the pond and then looking over the pond and, and at this building in the distance that's made of like white panels of paper, hard paper. Um, another place that we went to was a cultural park of some sort. It was a newly built one. Um, but we went on a short walk on a path out to the lake and then took pictures from this, you know, kind of like a, a stretch, kind of like jutting out into the lake. So it looked like, you know, you were standing over the lake and taking the pictures. And there were a group of us. So after taking the pictures, for some reason, the whole place shook. And we thought there was an earthquake, you know, but apparently it just... Couldn't, it could barely hold all of our weight, I guess. But that was quite a fun, funny incident there with all the older people there taking pictures together on a beautiful, beautiful day over the lake. The last stop before we headed back to the city was a gimmick. We stopped at a Chinese medicine slash health food place. You know, like you um, anyway, so they expect you to shop and and um, it's it's all 
part of the marketing, I guess. And I was worried because I was worried that I'm going to be forced to buy things or that we were going to be forced to buy things, you know, and that they would get upset with us if we don't, if none of us buy anything. Because I've gone on shopping trips like that in China and Singapore. Yeah. Thailand. I forgot. And, um, but it turned out that it was all fine because uh, they kind of like talked and promoted like um, these supplements that older people already are taking, like lutein, is that how to say it? It's good for your eyes and probiotics. And I'm already taking these things. My husband and I are already taking these things. So we actually bought a couple bottles of the lutein and, um, and probiotics. Yeah, we did. So there was nothing to worry about. And we just walked around and uh, looked at other stuff and tried some of their stuff. And it was all fine. So it was just generally a 美好的旅行. That means a beautiful trip, uh, an awesome trip, uh, a nice trip. This song is by Lin Yichen.
How can I forget to say that we stayed at a very nice small hotel? The greatest thing was the bed was so comfortable, and um, yeah, it was just a very good night's sleep. And breakfast the next morning was pretty good. Um, yep, something I need to mention is that I. Something happened that made me feel like I'm a good Samaritan. Well, what happened was that one of the mothers, um, she's actually in her 60s, not quite 70 yet, I don't think. Um, she wanted to go cycling around the lake. Um, there was a there was a time when you know people when we were asked if anybody wanted to go cycling, and only three people signed up, and um, the mother was one of them. And she hadn't biked in 30 or 40 years, okay. And she thought that she could do it, but then just before she started biking. Um, she sprained her foot. Yeah, she sprained her foot. Um, but nevertheless, it didn't, you know, damper her spirit. And uh, she went shopping anyway. Whenever we went some places, we would ask if there's a wheelchair, and we'll get a wheelchair for her, and and I uh, wheel her around to shopping and look at things. Um, but the next morning, she could hardly walk, and so uh, she had to be carried, literally. And then I remembered I carry a med bag, a medicine bag with me at all times. I gave her some painkiller and muscle relaxant. She was so thankful. It was so helpful. She thought I was a savior. And I felt good about myself, to be honest. Um, so she shared this on the bus on the way home. Um, just being thankful that despite being injured, everyone was being very helpful. And I made her... Um, you know, I have a good trip just like everybody else. Well, that's it about this trip that I had to Sun Moon Lake with the elder members and also the end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And here's Chuang Tou Meng by Zhuang Zhenkai. Chuang Tou Meng. Hmm. I guess sweet dreams because I slept on really nice bed that night.
身旁。这样的日子，谁肯把手放？Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies: in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz, and in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwaninternational. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwaninternational for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>